All right, guys. Big episode of the Nordies podcast. HBO is officially taking over television with Peacekeeper, Euphoria, Station Eleven, and Search Party, while Netflix is raising their prices yet again. Is the Book of Boba Fett bad? We start our Star Trek rewatch. Here we go. Here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys? Doing well. I'm super good. How are you, Eric? I'm great. So happy to be here potting with you guys. So many great things to talk about. Shows uh, that we're loving right now. Some movies that we got ourselves caught up on. Lots of news and a new rewatch for you guys. So lots of stuff for us to talk about. But before we dive into all that action, do you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also subscribe anywhere. But you guys get your favorite podcasts from and get the Nordies podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. That's great. You know, I have been seeing people post on social media, doing on their stories about how they're listening to the podcast and, you know, especially around our uh, Nordy episodes. So I just want to thank anybody that has shared that out because that helps. That helps get the word out. It does. Yeah, very much so. Do, do that, guys. That's cool. Um, yeah, that's really cool. I love seeing that. Yeah. Uh, what was that one that was like had it on the TV with our logo? Yeah, that was great. Yeah, you can listen to it on your TV if if you have Apple TV. Um, I've done that before. Yeah, yeah, you can pull it up. So yeah, that was cool. That was like somebody named Mol- Molly or something. I don't know. Good stuff, so guys. Like, hey, she's probably the coolest chick ever if she listens to the podcast. Yeah, we That's love all. you. We love you, Molly. We love you. All right, so uh, guys, I'm drinking Junkyard's Rare Nectar. It's a delicious sour. What are you guys having? I'm going back to the well. Um, I'm doing that that Lost World collab, that triple IPA. From Blackstack. And uh, yeah, it's fantastic once again. Cool. Yeah, I'm also at Blackstack this week. I've got um, one of their newer ones, After Careful Consideration, double dry hopped IPA. Um, really good, bright in the Blackstack wheelhouse. It's everything you'd expect. It's fantastic. Gorgeous. Great beer. All right, guys, here we go. We have uh, an event to talk about, actually. We've got uh, about two weeks before we are going to do our second annual charity royal rumble so if you guys are uh, charity fans or professional wrestling fans this is our once a year professional wrestling event the royal rumble where it's an over-the-top battle royal now we didn't know that there's also a women's uh royal rumble match every year now and so last Mm -hmm. year we didn't do that one so if there's enough interest we're hoping to get 60 people to donate ten dollars to charity with an opportunity to win themselves $100. But in reality, with all charity and events like that, you just need to be willing to be part of something and uh, be part of, of uh, doing something good. So we're going to use the money to give it back to um, hopefully our, our community is kind of our plan. And then uh, each of the winners of the Royal Rumbles will get $100 is our plan as well. Um, so if you want to play along with us this year, we'll be posting some information on social media this week about how you can sign up what kind of causes we'll be fighting for. And uh, hopefully we can all message about it on the night of the Royal Rumble and uh, do some good and have some fun. So last year was a blast. And uh, I think like the second enter- the, the second person into the match won. And our uh, friend of the pod, Scott, won the whole thing. So It's the yeah. single most like annoying but exciting charity event donation event we've ever done. Like it's, hmm. you don't know... Who's coming out at your number? Yeah. And when they do come out, you're either like, oh my God, I'm going to win. Or you're like, who is that? I don't yeah. even know who that is. 
I don't remember who my guy was last year, but he came out and I knew instantly that I wasn't winning. He, he was <laughs> he was going to run in and Cena was going to chuck him over the edge and yeah. that's the end of it. Yeah. It was like someone not not good, like I just knew they weren't good and like they went right out. So, it's it's all fun and games. It's going to be fun. Um hopefully Hopefully uh, you guys will want to join us um, for, for our charity rumble. It should be a good time. So we'll get you guys Can't some wait. more information about that uh, this week. So watch the feed and uh, we'll have some information on how you can join. We'll make a spreadsheet that everyone can get in on. And then we'll do an event, draw each number of both rumbles. So it's going to be a big deal this year. We'll do it better than last year. And uh, yeah, get excited. I can't wait. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I'm very excited. It's going to be awesome. All right, guys. So we're jumping into Do We Care? And first thing we, we have to talk about today is the sad passing of comedian and actor Bob Saget, which mm-hmm. sucks because he was the television father that many of us grew up with on Full House. Uh, but he was also a raunchy comedian who, um, you know, had kind of an inappropriate, uh, you know, return to fame. Later on in his career, um, how old was he? Do, we, do you guys remember off the top of your head? I think 60, he was 60. Something. Yeah, pretty young. I guess it sounds like he had a heart attack. It's a shame. So, yep. R.I.P. Bob Saget. I grew up with uh, Bob Saget teaching me a lot of things as he was teaching his uh, three daughters on Full House. Cut it out. Yeah, he was great. Um, but I, I do think that like him at the roasts and him later on in his career when you know Full House is over – he disappears for a while and then pops up and like half baked with the you ever so suck dick for coke. Now it's an addiction, you know. <laughs> I was like, oh damn, oh damn. Uh, yeah, he was great. Reinvented himself many times. All the comedians came out to support him because he really was like a champion for young and up up and coming comedians. Always had time for them. Uh, so so yeah, he's gonna be missed. And he had a really good cameo on uh, Entourage where he's like this big like you know player with didn't the they Madams move in next door to him or something like that and he was always yeah. over like and he had crazier parties than they did and stuff well because he was in with like a madam from la you know like who had you know escorts or whatever so it was a pretty good yeah. episode oh fantastic all right guys uh next up something a little more fun to talk about kendrick lamar uh the best rapper in the world teaming up with south park creators trey and matt to make a new movie for paramount that's all we know at this time uh, does this do anything for you? Hell yeah. does a lot. I wish I knew more about it, but I hope that, okay, so I think that Trey Parker and Matt Stone are brilliant, and the best stuff they did was like Book of Mormon and Team America, World Police, and I suppose, you know, South Park, of course, for a while. But I think I'm just excited for them to make something that isn't sort of a retread of their South Park stuff, because when they do one-offs, it's brilliant. So I don't know if it's going to be a musical considering Kendrick Lamar, but yeah, basketballs was super duper funny. Um, Yeah, totally. So I hope they make something totally different off the wall. Uh, Hopefully musical because you have Kendrick Lamar. I imagine it will be like a super funny and inappropriate musical, but I don't know. It's just exciting news. Paramount plus I think is going to have it. So I hope it's good. Did they do grandma's boy? No, no. Who did that? I think just, Happy Productions, Happy Gilmore Productions, like his crew. Okay, never mind. All right, uh, next up, guys, we're switching to some Netflix news, and we have to start with the fact that Netflix is raising their prices yet again. Uh, Let's go to our Netflix price expert, Ryan. 
uh, to give us the update on that. Um, I don't know exactly what the Netflix prices are going to be raised to, but they just raised them in October by like $3 a month. And I would imagine it's probably going to go up by another two, three bucks a month. So I heard a dollar or $2 depending on your plan and where you are. So but kind I guess- of unrealistically expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they need to tread a little bit lightly here. Um, I think in the past, everybody was like, oh, it's 10 bucks a month. Yeah. I mean, the amount that I watch Netflix, it's the only streaming game in town and they have all this, you know, incredible original content. $10 is already a steal. I'll pay 12 and then I'll pay 13 and whatever we're paying now, it's starting to feel like maybe they're going to nickel and dime us right out of town because, dude, we have so many great options now for streaming services and Netflix is not the best anymore. HBO Max is 15 bucks. We're doing the same. Yeah, that's probably, is that what it is? And that's probably yeah. what they're going to. Probably um, what they should just do. They should, instead of going up every once in a while and sending you an email about it, they should just say, hey guys, we're trying to compete with HBO Max. They're 15 bucks a month. They're putting out great shows all the time. To keep up with them, we're going to have to do the same thing. Hope you understand. And everyone would be like, ah, okay. Yeah, you know, yeah that probably would work better. I think the constant slow raising of prices feels worse for whatever reason than just like ripping off the band-aid. Yeah, maybe that's it. It's just like where they're like, well, we raised prices in October. Oh yeah, it's going up to this. And then and then three months later they're like, Yeah, we we made a bunch of crap. Um, so our shareholders aren't super happy. So <laughs> unfortunately it's going up another three bucks so that people can still be making thirty million dollars a year off of this service. Right. Yeah, because I think the biggest thing they have, I mean, they have the Witcher going, which is okay. I think it's fine. If that's as good as it gets, that's bad, bad for Netflix. Um, I mean, what other original shows on there are we like, can't Stranger wait for it to come Things. out? Stranger Things. Yeah, Stranger Things. Things. Stranger Things is, is their number one show. They haven't had a season in two years. Yeah, it's been away for a while now. And like, we like shows and movies and series about like kids growing up. But it's like your window to do that is like kind of. You know, they go from kid stars mm-hmm. to adult stars. Uh, sorry, grown-up stars. Wow. Not stars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. But you know, you I like know. Write, write, write this down. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my predictions. All right. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to throw around. You're, you're, are, you're, are you flustered by your own take? I mean, no, I was, I was I, trying I to stand by. I was trying to come up with a witty a porn name about Their the future adult down. stars. It's all good. I thought Let's the upside go. down was a good place to start, but I just I'm not I'm not witty enough today. The um, upside down would probably be the name of their first porno. Let's just be honest. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, um, well, okay. anyways, I don't think that show is even that special anymore. Like, I'm not that excited about them in Russia or whatever is going to be happening. So, yeah, I don't know. We can move on from from Netflix. We're all going to keep it. Who are we kidding? Of course, I'm gonna I got to watch Red Notice two and three, which they greenlit. I mean, you know, that's some quality shit. And all they're going to do is keep sinking their money into their zombie Snyderverse with Army of the Dead and Army of Thieves, and they're spinning off five more of those. So I don't know. I don't really like the direction they're in, but I'm going to keep paying. Well, like this. Does this hit home for you? Netflix is now making a Scott Pilgrim anime series or something. Yeah, I mean, uh, sure, a little bit. I'll check it out. I mean, it already was like, you know, a comic book that they then did a live action, which, by the way, you know, that's a James Gunn thing or is it maybe it's that edwards guy it either way it it, you know it was a really good movie did you ever see it did you guys like it no didn't see it scott pilgrim versus the world michael Sarah, mary elizabeth winstead yeah yeah i mean i remember it i don't really it's really funny and it's got great action 
No, I, I have seen it. It is pretty good. It's like he where he battles like the local guys who are trying to girlfriend or his ex girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen it. It's pretty good. It's a little weird. It's, it's good. Weird. Yeah. So you know, I think it'll it'll make sense. I hope it's funny and good, but it's probably not something we're all going to be lining up to go watch. I think that my problem is is that anime like. Everyone I know likes anime, I feel like, and every young person loves anime, and everyone talks to me about how cool anime is, and every time I watch it, I'm like, I don't understand. I don't get it, so. Yeah. I guess it's just What have you tried to watch? I don't know. Have you ever watched, like, Ghost in the Shell or Akira or some of the classics? No. You just don't care at all? You're already not listening to me. If anime is on, I'm just like, I don't know. It just doesn't work for me, so. Maybe maybe someone on here is like, oh, I hate this guy. I already hated him, and now he hates anime, too. If you have a great idea of where I could start and, like, how I could, like, watch anime without thinking it's bad. Arcade. uh, Is it anime? I don't know. Pretty much. I mean, it's animated. It's a cartoon. So I just think it's different, someone... it's different than like like the Japanese anime of like Voltron, like when people are moving and there's like the swishes like behind them and stuff like that. I think that someone spit out their food when when you said Arcane is an anime because they were like it doesn't come from Japan. That doesn't count, you idiot. Yeah, count. probably. Because yeah. I always tell my students that my favorite anime is Pokemon, just to upset them, and then <laughs> they always are like Pokemon isn't an anime. Why not? I don't. I don't know. Okay, we don't know why. It has to come from like a certain studio or style. Oh god! Or something. Right. Anime fans are. I, We're out of our depth here. We're killing anime right now, and like six people just tuned out of our show forever. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. you guys. I, I way too much. Anime. Way too much anime. Scott Pilgrim. Okay, Justified coming with a limited series on FX. Uh, does this do anything for you? Absolutely. I not. think a lot of conservative dads are like, "Oh boy, one of my favorite shows is coming back." Uh, I don't know. Just, <laughs> it was like it's like this is kids. this is the people that watch Sons of Anarchy and they they watch Yellowstone. They watch, uh, group of eliminating listeners, right? Rescue now. me, Can rescue we just me. With a couple other groups, <laughs> <laughs> Justified sucks. I tried to watch it; it's boring. Now let me tell you. No, right there. You do you want to know another show that I think falls into that category that's completely overrated, and that is The Americans. Oh, really? And I know that's a controversial take because a lot of people love the Americans, but it's also the critics like very love it. It's dude. It's the same thing as Justified. It's just that they're Russian spies. Like it's the same yeah. thing over and over. It's boring. It is boring. I and I've tried to watch it because I'm like you know I'm trying to listen to the critics, right? I'm trying to like look at look at a top ten list of shows of you know the two thousands, and then they're at like number three. And you're like, well, okay. And I, I've watched an entire. I've watched like two seasons of it, and I quit. Yeah, we watched it. Is Sunny, and I watched, Sunny and I watched three seasons, and it's the same thing over Man, and over. Quit after three. Well, yeah, there you go. I agree. Lump that in. No, don't care about this justified thing. Uh, Timothy Oliphant, overrated in general. Don't care. Okay. Wow. All right. Uh, next up, we have. Uh, we're going to just attack more people, I guess. Um, Tim oh. Allen is returning to do a Santa Claus series on Disney Plus. Um, <laughs> War on Christmas. Should we just go that route here? No, drunk yeah, drivers. Probably. They're, they're, they're going to they're, they're definitively win the War on Christmas for Christmas with this show. Thank God. Because before you couldn't say Merry Christmas. You weren't allowed. You were only allowed to say nope. Happy, Happy Holiday. And now, because the Santa Claus and Tim Allen are coming into your home for a Santa Claus series yep. on Disney Plus, you are now going to be able to see say Merry Christmas once and for all. Yep. We just watched the yep. Santa Claus, and it's great. It's pretty good. It's pretty I, good. Tim Allen was great. You know, doesn't mean this is going to be any good. This is going to be bad. Like, I'm do you remember when they came out with the Mighty Duck show, and then it sucked ass? This is the same thing. I'm going to take a short break from being really snarky, and I'm going to 
um, say that I loved the Santa Claus and nothing could get me to watch this. Yeah, that's fair. Really uh, but something I would happily watch and I will wait to watch is that Jonah Hill said he officially will do Super Bad 2, which Super Bad, I think we ranked as one of our like two greatest comedies ever. It was on our yeah. right, rightfully so. Maybe the best comedy of all time. He's saying he will do Super Bad 2, but he will only do it when he is 80. I love that take. I love that. And he's got the whole, like, he's got the script in mind. He's like, and he said this for a while. He's like, dude, I'm not going to even try to do a middle-aged version of that or anything. He's like, I, we have to be, our wives have died. We are in the funeral home. Or like this, well, that's even more morbid. I'm sorry. Like the, uh, you know, old folks home. The nursing and home. And yeah. they're hell as old as old guys, you know, like, and honestly, like grumpy old men, I think is kind of like a sleeper. No one even talks about those movies anymore. But they were fantastic, and they were like two comedy legends. Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon came together to make those in Minnesota, right around the same time as Jingle All the Way, and they're fantastic. They're kind of raunchy, kind of funny, grumpy, just great stuff. I think this would be great. And it coined one of the best phrases to come out of Minnesota, which is laying more pipe than Wabasha plumbing. I love it. Love that. (laughs) Eric, get your face out of your hands. It was a great quote, okay? Pretty good. It's pretty good. All right. Pretty, pretty good. Um, well, hold on a second. I want to go back to this super bad too. Okay. And I have a question for Jim. Jim, do based on that quote alone, you need do we need to add Jonah Hill to your list of people that must be protected at all costs so that we can, I mean, hopefully mm. live long enough to see Super Bad too. It's a good point. Um, you know, he's I think he's up there. I'd like to see what he does for, you know, humanitarian efforts is always important. And I just in general, older people need more protection. And he would be one of the younger people on the list. I feel like nobody really knows who you are until you're like 50. I mean, you have Marcus Rashford on psycho there. behind the scenes. We could it could all come out in like two years that he is just a fucking horrible person to be around. We don't know. The Louis C.K. I can't version tell if he's an asshole or a good person, to be honest. Jonah? Yeah. I can't tell. Like in yeah, his interview, he was right. like, he's kind of a dick, but I also like him. And he's kind of like self righteous on some stuff, which is good because yeah. he's he's on the right side of things. But he like tries to make people feel really stupid for caring about things that he doesn't think are important. Um, I don't know. We'll see. He's fantastic. I'm a massive Jonah Hill fan, but he needs some time. Let's take it. Let's just take a, a second here to guess a few things about Jonah Hill. Okay. Okay. How old is he? He's 37. That was a great guess. He's 38. Um, where was he born? Uh, he was born in Northern California. He was born Secaucus. in Los Angeles, California. Damn it. Uh, wh- who is a famous sibling of him? Beanie Fieldstein. And how tall is he? Oh, I know this because I stood next to him one time. <laughs> he's uh, he's 5'8". Wow, that was a good guess. He's 5'7". On this Wikipedia page. There you go. There you go. There you go. I know my Jonah Hill facts. All right, guys, time to move on to Hot Rex and Not Rex. Uh, we're going to start with the network that's absolutely killing every other network, HBO Max. Everything they're touching is turning to gold. Every show they have is one of the big shows on TV. And this week, they debuted a new superhero show featuring John Cena, and that's Peacemaker. You guys both watched the first episode. What did you think is this must-watch or at least must-check-out television? Yep. It is. It's very yep. good. I mean, I tell you what, I, I, I even doubted coming up to it because I'm like, all right, can John Cena carry a whole show? Which I think he's proven he can. We've seen him in other stuff and he's been great, even in bigger doses. Um, 
But is it going to, am I going to care about this? Am I going to care about this show or this character or anything? And I do. I already love it. It's James Gunn. We should have figured he wrote it and directed the first few. Um, it's must watch. It's so, it's very hard R and it's kind of following this like very powerful, but very like weird and damaged hero. Dude, it's just like MacGruber and it's hilarious. It's seriously so similar to MacGruber and I love them both. I don't I know just, if, if you guys even tried to watch any of that, but both cracked me up. Um, so far, I probably like MacGruber a little bit more, but I'm through three episodes of Peacemaker and it's just fantastic. Is the weasel in it at all? So, I mean, no spoilers, I guess, but so far not. Not after three episodes, no. Because the weasel is the funniest character I've seen in a long time. Like, yeah, but funny that they, I laugh every time I saw him on this. His sidekick, Eagly, is significantly more involved, and it's just as funny. Okay. <laughs> Eagly. It, it, it's an eagle, and its name is Eagly. <laughs> it's fantastic. And then they do the joke like, if you had a daughter, would you name her Daughtery? <laughs> so good. I would say that this show is pretty essential. Yeah. It's not it's not MacGruber, apparently, but it's pretty essential. Um, I think <laughs> it's overall, more essential than MacGruber. I get that. But MacGruber was laugh out loud, hilariously funny. All right. Anywho. So, like, <clears throat> I think John Cena is turning into a star before our eyes. And we like John Cena on this this podcast. We're John Cena people. I think, never disappoints. He only surprises this, pleasantly. I think this raises the stakes because, you know, we talked about like train wreck and all that stuff where he, like, and even in the movie, the Suicide Squad, he was like mostly a part of it, but, you know, he was still one of many. And now he's like the focal point. And mm-hmm. I think and they he's realized, in almost every scene. I think they realized they a lot of underwear shots early on. (laughs) Um, It's giving me flashbacks to like my dad, you know, like, hey, what are you guys still doing up? Like, you know, coming down and coming down the yeah, the memes coming down the stairs and shit. Yeah, Um, but but I think I think they realized early on when they were making the Suicide Squad and John Cena was going to be peacemaker that they had something budding on their hand. You know what I mean? Like they, mm-hmm. they, they, there was a lot more to work with than they originally thought. And hence why we're getting a solo TV show with him. So I'm, I'm extremely excited about the show and I can't wait to get caught up to where Jimbo is with episode three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very good. Um, it's, it's funny. It's got good action scenes. Uh, I don't know. I can't say enough about it. I think it's absolutely must watch. How about the car too? Oh, the car's great. There's <laughs> a lot of, I tell you what, man, it's the same show as MacGruber because he's got the Miata. He's got the Miata and it's like, that's hilarious too. The next time you, you say people. it's the same as MacGruber, I'm removing you from the You're podcast. watching MacGruber. Yeah, yeah, personally. Perfect. All right, well, speaking of a show <laughs> that's very similar to MacGruber, another big hit and probably the title belt holder right now on HBO Max and on all television is you. <laughs> right. Uh, Eric, you haven't even watched this shit. It's so good, man. You gotta. Promise. I promise. The backlog Ryan. of stuff that Eric has to watch that we've Start said is like got to be stressful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's at like a ninety-seven or higher. Like, if we were to rob, I gotta tell part, you, nothing is more disappointing than being on a podcast and like. <laughs> you can just stop it right there because that's no, <laughs> yeah. I think I think that's the end of the sentence. Yeah, <laughs> period. Nothing is more stressful than being on a podcast and knowing there's lots of amazing television that I'm supposed to watch, but I'm watching reality TV. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. Well, no, 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 no. To be fair, we need that too, right? I mean, we need right. 
I'm like watching people... the challenge so religiously, and then I'm like, I really need to watch. I don't even want to say stuff because I don't want the listeners to any other be reminded of stuff you have. All watched. important essential shows that I have. But it's like we, we people were going to pay. Him, how much did you raise to watch Breaking Bad? Fifty bucks and that like a season. It's impressive. But like you know, we have like uh, what was the. Oh my God, the one with Ozymandias and oh Watchmen, the oh, Watchmen. Watchmen. Yeah, I know, I know you did, but like I don't understand why that got you to watch the Watchmen like religiously and think it was so great and whatever. But we can't get you to watch any of these other shows that are just as good a quality. Maybe they don't have like the you know like the civil rights implication like that did. So maybe that was something that you know got you over the hump to to actually push play on a show that we recommended. Um, but. I don't know. I, I got to figure out the magic formula. Like maybe we got to get CT. We haven't cracked him yet, and I like that. We got to get CT in some TV shows. Like maybe that will do it. <laughs> if they were like, yeah, Johnny Bananas is going to be on one of the episodes of of Breaking Bad, but we won't tell you which one. I'd be like, <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to watch it all. You'd be like, damn, I guess he's in the finale. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to see him pop up in the last episode. Uh, well, he is. Right. He's on there, and so is the Miz. All right, guys. So, what about another HBO Max show? Because it's all HBO Max today. We didn't even talk about how good Euphoria is, though. We have to at least. We well, just been bullshitting this whole time. Yep. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. We we, it's we just turned fantastic. that into a. We turned it's that into cinematic. A... It's amazing. It's the title bet holder. I don't know what else to say. It's it's just you need to watch catch up season one. Watch start season two. Yeah, we we turned that into a bash air uh, segment, and I blame myself, so I apologize. But I would, I did watch episode one. Episode two is available. Um, haven't caught that one yet. Can't wait. The show is incredible. It's incredibly directed. It's incredibly acted. It's incredibly shot. The storylines are incredible. The characters are incredible. They encounter every single swath of young adult life you could possibly imagine. And it's mm-hmm. a very, very, very well done show. That's all I can say yeah. about it. With all the complexities of modern day, right? Like I can relate to not wanting to listen to my parents and, you know, all the, like the base issues they have, but the fact that they have like, one of them's like a, a underage cam girl and one of them's like, you know, doing drugs, fentanyl that wasn't even fucking, you know, didn't even exist. And they just have all these modern problems as well that make it more interesting. Like, damn, kids, kids these days are, they got it rough. I mean, not necessarily right, but. You can see all the trappings of, you know, modern life, the shit they have to deal with. Well, and then there's a, you know, a, a trans girl that's got to right, deal which with. wasn't really, a, you know, we didn't have that. That no, wasn't, I mean, I'm sure there was people that felt like they would love to express themselves in those ways, but nobody did. Yep. Didn't have to deal with that. So. Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy. All right, guys. On HBO Max, they're on top of the world. Search party. Are we watching? I'm watching mm-hmm. season five. I started watching the first two episodes. Still into it. One of the most underrated shows on TV. We talked about it a lot last week. Jim, you're loving it as well. You're further than I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm deeper in. There is a stretch of like four and maybe episode four and five where they do something, but it's not afraid to just take chances and not. We've known that not everything they do works on the show, um, but they swing for the fences always, which I always love, and it's always interesting. Um, and so they they did have a couple like maybe a rough patch, which is now over with, and I'm loving the direction again. So yeah, it's it's going to be a great season. Um, Maybe won't end up being a top top season, but uh, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm I'm loving it. Search party, it's a great show. All right, and then Ryan, you got you get a uh, thirty seconds on the Station Eleven, also on HBO finale. Man, I mean, what an apocalyptic show that doesn't leave you feeling like what a downer. You know what I mean? Like it, it was actually like something that 
kind of had a little bit of a, a positive vibe towards the end. So, um, but like every episode ended with a bang. This was one of the best shows, one of the best surprise shows, I would say, of, yeah. I don't know, whatever, late late 2021, early 2022. Total surprise. Um, without any spoilers, because I, I have to watch 9 and 10, um, which I'm excited to do. Did they leave it open? Are they going to do more seasons, or does it seem like it's... Uh, I mean, I think if yeah. I answer that, that's a little bit okay. of a spoiler. So I'm all right. Not, then just I'm let it be, and we'll to. talk. We'll talk offline. Yeah. All right. Uh, Another show Eric watching. needs to be watching. We're <laughs> all watching the book of Boba Fett on Disney. We are. I believe there's only six episodes. Am I saying this right? Is that I think what there's yeah. seven. Okay, there... seven episodes. We're three episodes in. I don't know if this show could be any more boring. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it could get any more boring. I don't really like anything about it. It just keeps yeah. making me think of this take that I've had for a long time that like George Lucas never meant for Boba Fett to be anything, but the nerdy fans wanted Boba Fett. So then they mm-hmm. just constantly tried to give us more and more backstory about a character who had no personality and why we should care about them and all these heroic things this villain character actually did and that they weren't actually evil, even though they were like, and they didn't the actually die. And then they didn't, they didn't actually. actually, yeah. And then they were like, "Well, actually, he was uh he was his dad was the re- the the person who was cloned for all stormtroopers." And I was like, "Uh, like everything that they've tried to write about this character has been stupid to me, and I haven't cared. And I was really hoping that this show would do different. It would it would like kind of retcon reasons to care, like most Disney Plus shows have done, and mm-hmm. it hasn't at all." I think I care less. I'm like, this dude's life is pretty worthless at this point. He's tried to do good deeds, but like, I don't care. He spends all of his time talking to aliens, most of which don't speak English. And it's not that I think it's bad that people speak different languages or that aliens would have different languages, but some of them are nonverbal. Like they're like, they're like doing sign language pretty much. And it's not American sign language even. So it's like a lot of just silent communication with nameless, faceless characters. And it's a problem. There's no one on the show that I care about, not even him. And the way he interacts with people, I don't even know if I could name another character. Isn't that nuts? Well, they yeah. they tried to play up this, like, oh, this legendary assassin, Fennec, Sand, <laughs> or Shand, yeah. or whatever. And it's like, could she be any more vanilla? They and don't I know what to do with her at all, besides I have her stand in the background. It's just so silly. Like, it's such a silly show. Adam, Eric, your brother had a great analogy, which was like, I felt like I was watching the Power Rangers. And it's 100% true. Like, you want to be, like, Tyler Winterfell wanted to be angry at you, you know, and be like, I'll prove to you the show's going to be good. And then, like, dude, we had, they literally had, like, a Power Rangers chase scene in the city. And I don't care about spoiling it because, like, the chase scene is so hysterically bad and ridiculous and stupid and everything else that they that they said before it of like we can't afford water because they make us work like but (laughs) we all got decked out bikes shiny chrome the different colored steampunk gang i didn't get it it didn't make any sense to me nothing made sense okay here's how crazy people are about the star wars universe too some designer that did like all the prequels and he's like some big you know, set designer and costume designer, concept artist for Star Wars, right? He tweeted, he's like, what the fuck? Why do they have zippers now? I was told, never put zippers in Star Wars, ever. I was like a rule from like George, whatever, Lucas. And now they're just like, that's out the window. So 
you can just see like the little things that they've just sort of compromised on, um, which I think is surprising. I, I it's it's like I've never given this much time to a show this bad, and I'm doing it because it's Star Wars, and it's kind of pissing me off. You know, if is it going to be another thing where like, well, episode four was pretty good, or episode five was good, and episode six was you know, a, a fantastic, what a great ending. Cause they brought in one character you cared about. Finally, you know, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll bring in somebody we care about. Maybe Han Solo comes in or something. And we're like, that was actually pretty cool. Is it worth it? No, I, no. And I think I at the moment, like the, if the whole moment, it will feel that. I, but like what moment is worth seven hours of television? I don't know that there, there are that yeah. many without additional pieces in between. Like the big theory is that like Kira from Solo is going to show up. And I would say that if Amelia Clark okay. is going to be part of this series, I think it is a massive, massive waste of resources and time and fans are. I, I I don't think it should happen. She's not. Who cares about her at all? And if they bring her in, it'll be for you know about an hour's worth of screen time at the end because that's they're, what they do. That's what they've done on the the Marvel shows and on the Star Wars shows. But there's I'm no way Amelia kind of Clark annoyed. belongs on this show. There's Amelia Clark would be great on this show because she runs Crimson Dawn, a rival crime gang, at the same time, which would be cool. And it'd be fun if she was on there because she's not even big enough to be in the actual nine movie Star Wars series. But it's too late. Why it's, it, it's end too, of episode one. It's yeah. Dude, it's it's too late. One. It's too late. We've already we've already gone down. Here's we've already gone way too far down this uh, history lesson for Boba Fett. Right. Half yeah. of the episodes are currently spent in memories in the Bacta tank and him remembering his time with the sand people. So you really, yeah. so really you have four episodes left. Half of those are going to be spent in the present. Half will be spent in the past. So you really only have like two episodes of present stuff to deliver. And I don't think Kira is going to be worth it using that Dude. as like a, a barometer. By the way, for them cutting back and forth, how bad could they have fucked up his time with the the sand people, okay? They build it up to this whole thing, and then they cut the actual extermination of all his friends and his new people in, like, a 30-second clip between him arguing with people with speeder bikes about water and then a stupid chase scene through the city. That's where they shoehorn that in at, the, like, the early part of an episode. Like, dude, they're breaking up the story to a point where I don't care about any of the timelines. They should have given us Kira at the end of episode one. Crimson Dawn is in the background. She's going to be part of this. She's going to be weaved in and out of this series. We get Darth Maul a little bit in there, which would have been great. Darth Maul at the end. And I would have been like... All would have been fantastic. But no. What are we focused on, Eric? The mayor. The mayor of fucking Toontown. Like, who gives a shit? So anyways, I can't wait to watch on Wednesday, and um, we'll, we'll check back in next week. Yeah, I'm hoping it gets We're better. We're fucking schlubs. Right. Finally, um, Jim, I saw in theaters, you just watched it this week as it dropped on Disney+, Plus. Marvel's Eternals, their next big, huge thing came out. Um, what happened? I watched it, and uh, it's not very good. It's, it's definitely one of the, like, I really didn't like Iron Man 2. Um, other than that, I think this is probably the worst they've done. It was like the director who was like, you know, this indie director, Chloe Zhao, you know, gets she does like the super indie movie, you know, Nomadland and all this stuff. Right. She wins best director, but they hire her for this. And she like didn't know what was going to look cool and what was going to look cheesy on screen. I think that's the number one thing. And then they also spent a lot of time on 
backstory of characters, but the backstory was really boring. Um, yeah, I don't think it was very good, man. I think it's like probably uh, <laughs> 65. I have a problem. This is my biggest spoiler. I think I said this right after I saw it in theaters. Uh, I think enough people have seen it for me to say this again. There aren't, there isn't really like a, like an evil villain or like anyone like in the movie, like they're fighting like ancient creatures that have been in hiding for a long time and now they're back, but they're like animals. They're like wild animals. And like, I don't, I like a complicated villain in a story and this is very much lacking that um until maybe some of the last act which i thought was then you sort of get that i guess yeah i don't want to spoil it but so let's talk about this though i I think there's one thing we can spoil from movie it's the post credits is that fair yeah they're everywhere people have been talking about them for months the two post credit scenes i thought were really Mm -hmm. best part of the whole movie like I wish they would have just led with the post-credit scenes and then you get into the movie. <laughs> so the first one, you got um, the introduction to uh, Thanos's brother. Eros. That, I think his Eros. name is Eros. And that is going to be... Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Now Our guy, Harry. I know. And he looked pretty cool. You know, he looked... The only thing is, is like, now what's his future going to be after this movie sort of bombed and no one really liked Guardians. it? You know, Guardians? Yeah, I hope so. Bring him into the I mean, Guardians not, universe. It'd be fantastic. We don't know that he's really part of the Eternal story. We just know he's in the MCU. And they're going to give you that in one of their new movies here. Yeah, he is so, an Eternal, though. Sure. They said I'm he was still, one of them. And yeah, I, he can go anywhere. He can go anywhere. So I'm going to assume he's going to be in, like, Guardians or he's going to be in some of the, one of the next movies. And hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. He's... I don't know enough about the Marvel comics to like tell you much about him, but he's supposed to be the kind of like playboy brother of Thanos. Yeah. And so far it looks like he's going to be a lot of fun. Well, we've talked about, we talked about him before he was cast as that, Mm -hmm. as that role. We talked about the differences between him and Thanos. So the other scene, the, the after credit scene was pretty cool. So they kind of like, they didn't really know what to do with Kit Harrington in this movie at all. Like, he was just sort of, like, the sideline boyfriend, and then they would say weird things that made no sense, like, you should call your uncle, like, okay, or, like, here, I got you a ring with your family's crest on it from the medieval times, and you're like, all right, don't get it, you know, it really made no sense at all. So his name is Dane Whitman, and he's just, like, a historian, kind of. Yeah, and so at the end, he opens up this chest, and it's the sword, and I guess he's going to become Black Knight, which sounds cool, and I I thought Kit Harington was, was good in the movie, he should be cool. Um, and by the way, that that voice that was in the room, you know who that voice was that spoke to him in that scene? Oh, Mahershala Ali, who's Blade. So that was technically an intro for Blade, which is kind of cool. And I did yeah, like that. Yeah, it's going to be like a little more supernatural. Um, he's going to wield, you know, Excalibur, some kind of cool knight. So I think it's going to be fun. I thought that part was cool. Both of those scenes kind of like got me back into it for a movie that I was like not into at all. So yeah, yeah. Overall, uh, not great. Kind of sucks, but, you know, at least we got, like, a huge hit Spider-Man movie, and I thought Black Widow was pretty good, so we'll see what they can do next year. We like Doctor Strange, too, better be awesome. We liked we liked Black Widow, we liked Shang-Chi, we liked Spider-Man. Yeah, Shang-Chi, we'll, was, uh, Shang-Chi was three times better than this movie, in my opinion. Most of the stuff they did was cool, but Eternals felt pretty flat. Um, all right, so, guys, it's that time. It's that time of the episode. Hopefully, I'm trying this for the first time. I am pretty sure that that's the same first three notes to Star Wars, a show or a movie series that I will definitely call this multiple times, but this is our rewatch for Star Trek, and it's going to be called 
Live Long and Rewatch. The name's growing on me. I like this it now. This is a terrible Live Long and Rewatch. By the way. This there's no good music in it. There's no iconic Star War, Star Trek music, is there? That's not the best that's not the best uh theme song music they have. Okay, well, did they that use was it the in one... this movie? Yeah, yeah, they did at the end. All right. Well we'll have to pull that up for next time, but uh hey, live long and rewatch. It's a great name. I'm psyched on it. And so great movie. I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. 2009's Star Trek, and this is in their new um, reboot of the series, and it's called The Calvin Timeline. And it spent, it took me like a long time to figure out um, when this was in this whole series. Like, I, I thought that a lot of the time, like the first 20 minutes, I thought that it was like, um, uh, who is who is he? Captain Kirk? Who, who played him? The guy he's on like Chris the Priceline. No, like the Priceline. Oh, William, Shat- William Shatner. Oh, William okay. Shatner. I spent the first like twenty minutes thinking he was like William Shatner's like grandchild. <laughs> like right. I was so confused. I was like, "When is this?" At one point, I was looking up the Kirk family tree on online while I was watching the movie because I was like, "When is this?" Like I don't know much about Star Trek, but I couldn't figure out where this fit in or like anything. And that it, mm-hmm. I didn't really realize that it was pretty much a reboot. Of Star Trek, but it's a pretty clever way to do a reboot because it's a it's a reboot involving time travel where they're able to keep the original shit intact. And in fact, they have Leonard Nimoy right reprise his role as as Spock while also being allowing like with Zachary Levi, Zach Quinto, Zachary yeah Zachary Quinto to be you know the new Spock. So I thought that was pretty clever. Um, So it doesn't it, it reboots it and you get new versions of all these characters and new adventures. Without like saying, "Hey, that stuff never happened," so it's like a soft reboot. I thought that they crushed, and so it starts yeah. out right away. I was stunned because I saw this movie in theaters in 2009, and this is J.J. Abrams, right? Yes, correct. So I saw this in 2009. I remember being kind of excited about it, and I just the movie starts with Chris Hemsworth, and I was like, "What?" I was like, wh- I, "I was like, I know Chris yeah. Pine is in this. Like, what is Chris Hemsworth doing?" And the whole beginning scene was pretty shocking. You didn't really know what was happening or what they were trying to set up. I mean, you obviously knew Chris Pine was going to be the star of this thing. Um, but I was really confused. I thought they crushed it uh, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Star Trek is kind of doomed by having, like, villains that aren't, like, a big deal to me. Or, like, that I'm just kind of like, oh, it's more angry aliens? Okay. Um, and so that's where it suffers a little bit. But they did seem, like, formidable enough and scary enough that I was buying in from the very first few minutes. Yeah. I think it's just right away. You can see it's like a very beautiful movie. Like the ships look incredible. The costumes, the, um, the, even the corridors and all like the buttons, you know, it just, everything is really on point with this, like in set design and everything. It just looked great. Very futuristic. I don't think we'd ever seen that with star Trek either. Right. We're always used to seeing like, well, star Wars has the best character designs, the best alien designs, the best everything. And then star Trek is the cheesy one. And then to see them come out and spend a bajillion dollars on this movie, I think it's the most effort they've ever put into Star Trek. Most money, most effort. It, it looked great. So Star Trek, um, again, it's just Star Wars pretty much, but I guess more like teamwork. It's like Star Wars with like more teamwork and like worse weapons. They have these little blasters. Did they ever use it the whole yeah. movie? Did they ever yeah. use a blaster? Because what, what, what all I remember is the blasters getting hit out of their hands. Oh, that happened a lot. That happened a lot. Like it usually falls first, off a big platform. Literally happened to Kirk twice. That's gone. No more blaster. Now hand to hand combat. Um, I don't know the guy's name. He's from Harold. First of all, first of all, they're called phasers. 
not blasters, the Star okay. Trek universe. Thank you. And um, yes, I don't know when you watched the movie, Eric, but there was a significant okay. scene about three quarters of the way through where blasters and phasers were used. Yeah, when there's like the shootout on the Romulan ship. Yeah. When, they get... yeah, when he's like saving, yeah. And then the, the gun goes skidding off but the then platform. It goes yeah. off the platform and then they're like punching. Now, I was just saying, the guy, he's in Harold and Kumar. He's like one of the, the pilots of the of the ship. Hey, yeah, John uh, Cho is great. It's Cow- Cowboy Bebop's fame, uh, John Cho. He's he great. I wish he that show would have been good. sword that like, just like built itself almost. Yeah. Into like a sword. And I was pretty Did you like that? that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Why don't they all have a sword like that? I'd probably like this better. Um, But it starts out with the journey of this kid. He barely survives. His father dies, makes an ultimate sacrifice to save as many people as he can on the Kelvin ship. Um, You get um, his son survives, steals a car, drives like a maniac, joins the, the military after being kind of like a troublemaking child. I mean, I guess after his dad made the ultimate sacrifice, his mom was just a piece of shit. And like yeah. dated an abusive like guy, and I don't know. And I have back here, I'm gonna beat your ass. Like, dude, yeah. okay, yeah, that's what good was job, mom. Way to really honor your husband's legacy. He's just like hanging out in bars, getting drunk, hitting on women, fighting people, getting in trouble. And yeah, but think about reason. it. Think about Starfleet as like all the military tropes that you see in movies, right? Of like they they knew each other for two weeks, got married. Went above, went went aboard the Starfleet. She got mm. pregnant. Moved back to small town Iowa, where ex boyfriend oh. lived. You know what I mean? Like that's the story yeah. that's been written about. Like our like current military. It's just it's, bought a charger. I mean, it's yeah. just the same thing. On you know forty percent interest. Interest. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Nailed it. All right. In that case, yes, it does make sense. And I I did love the the scene with the Beastie Boys drops in. I mean. J.J. Abrams is a master of hype and mood, and he nailed it with that. Like, that scene was very cool. So he ends up joining, and then, I don't know, like, does it flash forward, or is he, like, doing all this stuff, like, five minutes in? It flashes forward three years of him being in the Academy and then trying to, like, beat the, take this test to become a captain. Or so we see Spock, a young Spock, who is a big part of this movie. He, we find out, is... Uh, I don't know what is what is his race called? Vulcan. Vulcan, half Vulcan, half human. And that was a big piece of it. He wants to be in the military as well. They team up. They instantly don't like each other. And I don't know. I thought this the, the, both of them were so well cast. It was pretty cool. Um, they go on some I don't know fake first mission, and he sneaks aboard the ship, and he remembers um, what happened when his father died in his attack on the day of his birth. He warns the crew, and they're just super irresponsible. Yeah, yeah. Like, everybody's whole... so irresponsible on this. That's all I could think. None of it was run well. Um, they were getting absolutely fucking worked. Uh, but yeah, no, that was cool. So then, you know, in a, in a weird kind of turn of events, he ends up sort of becoming captain of the ship. I know I jumped a, a ways because it's Spock right away. But, you know, these Romulans have... You're starting to figure out that there's a time travel thing happening here. Um which I thought really worked and it wasn't that hard to understand, you know, like on just the way that it was like, okay, when this happened, it started a new timeline. All right. That helped. That helped. Then it wasn't like, well, this person should know what's going to happen. There was none of that. They explained that really well. Uh, I liked all that stuff. I thought that the, like the time that they jumped off of the, out of the ship and landed on the drill, I was drilling into the planet to try to unhook that. That yeah. whole part was great. It was a really cool fight scene. 
Everything looked amazing. I kept thinking, because Ryan had said that the CGI looked amazing in the movie for 2009. And at that moment, I really was feeling it. I was like, this looks mm -hmm. incredible. Um, that whole fight was a lot of fun. Their whole escape. They're explaining kind of all of the parts of why things are the way they are in this universe um, from the TV shows and the previous, whatever, 10 movies, um, you know, and kind of doing it in a time travel-y kind of way with some of the old characters coming back to explain those things was a lot of fun. Um, mm -hmm. Did you think the monsters were cool on the ice planet? I think that was the probably the lamest use of CG was that red monster probably wasn't great, especially when Spock shows up and, you know, like the... The fire light on it looked really bad. I was like, this is now a video game. But otherwise, like, the CG was great. It, that was the scene from Star uh, Wars Phantom Menace where mm. they're being chased by a fish. And then the other bigger thing comes, you know, and it's like, there's always a bigger fish. Like, great why, why even set up the first thing if the other thing's going to be bigger and badder? And then you're just going to have a way out of it like you said, with Spock's, like, tiny little torch. And the thing's like, <laughs> oh, no, I can't take on these two humans. One of them has fire. I must... Like, yeah, it's just yeah, really yeah. stupid. Yeah, and I didn't really... I didn't understand that coincidence of why Spock, younger Spock, launched him off, jettisoned him, and he happened to land feet, or, like, maybe, what, 100 feet from the old Spock, who was also kind of jettisoned on there. That seemed like he, a weird coincidence. His... How did his pod land like that and he didn't die? Like it, it just, it was buried like a hundred feet below the ice. Like how did yeah, I don't know. he didn't die? And then what is Spock eating? Like, does he have a bed and a fridge? Like what's, what's the... <laughs> well, he doesn't need a fridge. I promise. Yeah. Just... Well, what's like the, yeah, but he doesn't want everything frozen. Like he probably yeah. wants some stuff at like a regular temperature. Like how is he getting water? Like what, <laughs> I don't think he was the... there that long. Well, where's the bathroom? Like, uh, and all of a sudden he's like, oh yeah, there's a, there's a basically abandoned Starfleet base. Like, well, why yeah, are you cool. living there? If it's basically abandoned, they probably have a bed like, yeah. or, or a toilet. I, I was just, I was very flabbergasted by that whole turn of events. Yeah, um, that was maybe overall. The, the weak part of marrying up the old with the new. They had to make some kind of leap in logic. And I think that's where it happened. They did. So anyways, they make their way back to the ship and he pretty much verbally assaults Spock, who then gets really upset and quits his job. Uh, but it kind of reorganizes the crew. He finally takes over as like the makeshift captain of the ship, and they go duke it out one time with the Romulans. Was that what they were called? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Romulans, they go on the attack right away. It's Their ship looks pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I, I liked, I thought this movie was good. Overall, I thought it looked really cool. Mm -hmm. I got pretty excited about the characters. I want to know more about them. I want to get to know them better. And at this point, 2009, it seemed like Chris Pine was destined for superstardom. He was like, I think he, he was like the next Tom Cruise. Yeah. He was, he's so good in this. He's like the mix of cocky and the kind of like the cocky, confident guy that's maybe a little, you know, crass, but still really likable. And it's hard to pull that off. Um, I think it really worked. I mean, the cast in general was crazy. Like Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Zoe Saldana, Carl Urban, um, Anton Simon Yelkin, Pegg. The late, yeah, Simon Pegg. Like really solid cast. Like fantastic. And everybody played their roles really well. Um, and John I Cho. thought like the, the final showdown was fantastic. Uh, the Romulans were cool. Although Eric, you know, Eric you're Bandier. sort of waiting for Klingons, which you're going to get, I guess, in the next movie or the movie after. 
I, I really think that this movie was on par with Star Wars. Yeah. I really do. Like, So J.J. Abrams started both. He rebooted both franchises, Star Wars and Star Trek. Which did he do a better job with, at least with the first movie? I mean, Star Wars has more to work with. And so I, I probably would still say, say Star Wars. But Star Wars, the expectations were a lot higher. And mm-hmm. I think he missed those expectations, um, where I think he exceeded the expectation of Star Trek, which Ooh, was like pretty much in take. the wilderness. So I think I liked Star Wars more, but I think this was probably more of a success, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think like it does. Just, just from a rebooting standpoint, it was yeah. more of a success. I completely agree. I could not have given two fucks about Star Trek my whole life, and this series has me curious, maybe? Yeah. No, you don't need to do any more than this. Well, this is it's so, such its own standalone vibe. I mean, if you were to try to go back and watch anything else, you're going to be like, damn, this is, it's all cringy as hell. Like, I think. Well, I well, I would disagree only from the standpoint of there were a lot of like throwback things that were said or happened in this one that were uh, tributes to previous oh, yeah. movies, especially like a lot of like from the Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Like the the parasite thingy, you know, going into uh, the captain's, which is you know, ironic because we're getting Khan in the next movie. Well, no, but like I'm just saying, like it it was part of Khan, and they did that to check off, right? So it was like it was mm-hmm. a, it was like an homage to some of the previous movies. Like there's a lot of stuff like that where you know, oh, uh, what's his name called? Um, Bones called Spock like a googly eyed goblin or something like that, or a pointy eared goblin. Or something like that. And he had a lot of, you know, under his breath phrases for Spock in this film. So they, they, they tried to, like, bring it back to some of the yeah. comments from, like, the old, the old school I mean, stuff. Like, I'm, giving it all, the I'm giving it all she's got, Captain. Like, that shit. Yeah. And then, like, the fact that they go on that, that like, mission. Remember, well, Eric mentioned it, right? Where they, they're doing a dive down to the, plat- like, drill platform. And you got John Cho, Captain Kirk, and then unnamed guy in a red shirt. And, like, the guy in the red shirt's, like... Hell yeah, dude. Can't wait to kick some ass. And then they're, Let's he's like, go. okay. He yeah. doesn't even make it to the platform. No, he doesn't. He's, <laughs> he's a red shirt. Of course not. So, like, that's a throwback joke, right? That's like a meme where, like, all red shirts die right away. So I appreciated that stuff. Yeah, it was definitely used, all the stuff from the past, but definitely elevated into a good blockbuster movie. Hell yeah. Do good you guys stuff. want to give scores? Yeah, I would give this movie uh I mean, I don't want to give it too high of a score because I feel like people will roll their eyes, but I really like this movie. I think I'm going to give it a an 87. Oh, fuck. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I think it was an for me as well. I really enjoyed this movie. I had a ton of fun, and the good so far outweighed any bad. So I'm going to go a little bit lower than you guys. Having watched all of the original movies back in the day, Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this movie is pretty good. The lens flares are an immediate 10 point deduction, like just the sheer volume oh, of them. Come on. Yeah, no, it's a lot. But no, it's it, it, that's more of a joke on JJ. Um, but realistically, I think this is like this is like an 81. Um, I feel like it's really solid, it's really enjoyable, it's really fun, but also really silly at times. So yeah, 81 is is where I got it. Cool, not bad. So Star Trek Beyond, we can stop paying for them. We all had to rent this for four bucks. Next week we get to watch on Paramount. They have Star Trek Beyond and then Star Trek Into Darkness. That's Into, Darkness. Into, Into Darkness, Darkness is the next one. 
Yeah. Oh, and then beyond. Okay, okay. Right. Got them out of order, but yeah. they're both on Paramount Plus. So that'll be cool. Correct. I'm actually really excited. I watched it with my kid. He really liked it. He's like, is there more of these? Damn. I'm like, yep, there's two more and we can watch them together. So, all right, guys, that is all the time we have this week for the Nordies podcast. Check out our sports cast, which is coming out later this week. Um, but otherwise, thank you guys for hanging out with your good friends here at the Nordies podcast.